What's cracking, everybody? We're back for another episode of Touch Icing, and you could tell by the opening I just used what we're going to lead this show with. I see Eric's laughing, almost I, uncontrollably. I oh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a 30-second National Hockey League franchise. Uh, it has a name to it. It's not just NHL Seattle anymore. It is, in fact, the Seattle Kraken, whose name was announced probably with the most badass video I think I've ever seen when it comes to a name announcement. Probably. To be fair, that's a sick name. I like I, I liked the jerseys. The jerseys, the jerseys are kind of so tight. Nice. Like, Remember when they announced the Golden Knights? We had to like wait a while to get jerseys. No, they yeah. were leaked. Yeah, they were leaked, but the Seattle made like a formal announcement right away. Yep. Which is well, they didn't want that to happen to them probably. They didn't want to like have it leak and then everybody's like, oh, well, we already know what it's going to be. This at least – and I like how they're sticking with tradition kind of with the S. Well, we'll go throwing it back to uh, the 1917 Seattle team, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So – uh, their home jerseys, the only home, the only home jersey in the NHL, or only jersey in the NHL, with that point, that doesn't have any white on the jersey. That's unreal, right? It's cool. I like I like, that, I like the ice blue, because that's the yeah. formal name of that light blue they have is ice blue. I personally it- wish they would have made the away jerseys ice blue. Oh, just the whole jersey. Yeah, instead of like the white. Would they be allowed to do that though? They're Adidas. They can do whatever they want. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, it would have been just interesting because uh, is there anybody with a light gray away jersey? I always talk about that as, like, my example. Like, if a team wanted well, to go with a light alt, like light away jersey that wasn't white, you can go with gray. Didn't, I don't think um, there is any. Didn't Tampa Bay have a weird away jersey at one point? A weird away? That wasn't white. I feel like somebody. I thought, I thought it was Tampa Bay or uh, Washington had like a weird away jersey. Vancouver had the light color yellow in the seventies. Yeah, that's the closest I think we've come to it. I gotta turn down my TV because I still have the Yankee game on with the sound and everything. I muted the score. It's four-one Yankees. It's in a delay right now, though. Let's go. Yeah, but it's pouring there. Yeah. Still, let's go. I don't think I don't think they're gonna finish this game personally. But oh. any, but Seattle has an NHL team now. We have a name to it, and let's while we're on the topic of it, let's talk about expansion a little bit. Is is this the last expansion for a while? Because any other number we go to next, the next logical number to go to would be thirty six, and it'd be tough to add four more teams. Uh. I'm going to start with Eric because Eric and I have had this discussion several times when we talked about relocation or expansion. Especially like a couple hours before this went on the air. Yeah. But, um, no, I think we're done with relocate, um, expansion for a little bit. Relocation, on the other hand, that's a different animal. I still think Florida is going to be out. I think Florida's moving to Quebec City if this All-Star game doesn't happen and doesn't draw. When is their All-Star game? It's supposed to be 21, January 21. They're not going to have an All-Star game in 21. If that doesn't happen and they don't get it delayed till 22, I think the Florida experiment is done. I mean, it worked in Tampa. It doesn't really work in Sunrise. Which is amazing because Tampa, for most of their history, has really not been that great of a team. No, but they haven't been bad, bad. They haven't been 
Florida bad. Yeah, Florida's been really bad some years. I mean, they went to the Cup in 96, but since and then they haven't won a playoff series. series. Yeah. yeah. So I think relocation is definitely a possibility, but I think we're good on expansion. There's two teams I could see getting moved, and that's Florida and Arizona. Florida, I've told you before, Quebec, I think that's a perfect fit because you don't have to do any division shifting, and you still get that Montreal-Quebec rivalry. You get that Boston-Quebec rivalry. Everything's all set in place, especially after how well Quebec's doing post-corona in terms of the economy. Compared to America, they're doing phenomenal. You go back to Quebec, though, do you just call them the Nordiques again? Probably. Yeah, I would imagine. They just have to get the rights from uh, Colorado to use the name. And the second team I could see moving is, I think this one's kind of unpopular, is Arizona. And I think it's all based on that arena deal. If that falls through, I know an owner in Houston that's willing to move that team. And Houston would be, Houston's the largest market in uh, North America without a hockey team. And what's happening to Arizona in a couple of years once Seattle comes? Uh, they're getting thrown into the central division. Which is a lot better geographically than Arizona. Yeah, Houston would be a better fit, and they're going to get eaten alive in that division. And both teams, by the way, both cities, Quebec and Houston, have arenas that work for hockey. Houston, it's uh, – where is it the Toyota Center they Toyota play in, Center. the Rockets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that could be – that's, that's, I think that's a very viable option if, if, it, if Arizona ends up moving. But Gary Bettman will – Fight for that team until the absolute very end. Their arena deal is a big time problem, though. It's a huge problem because they There's don't. There's rumors of them moving back to the old arena where the Suns play. Really? There's been rumors of that floating. That around. doesn't solve anything. That doesn't. It just it, it just it kicks the arena problem down the road a little bit, which is basically what they've been doing since what the late tw- uh, the early 2010s. Well, because you're saying they were in Talking Stick Resort, then America West, for six years when Roenick and Kachuk were there. And then right around when Gretzky got there, they moved to Glendale, and it just – they haven't drawn. But if you go back to when they were in Phoenix, constant sellouts. So you yeah. see Houston as a very viable option for it. What about Kansas City? Kansas City's weird. Kansas City's in a tough spot. I think Kansas City's more likely to get a basketball team than they are a hockey team. But Kansas City Kansas- had, had the team in the 70s, and they do have an arena there. Is that the Sprint Center? Sprint Center. Um, man, y'all remember how close Kansas City was to getting the Penguins? They were close. Before, what, Lemieux stepped in? Lemieux and Crosby kind of yeah. saved the team. That usually helps when you got two names that big. Yeah, right. They, they have a way of just saving stuff. Two and the honor right around the same time. Well, once Lemieux bought the team, they had uh, they got that first pick, and they got Sidney Crosby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, Lemieux was the, Lemieux was still playing, but he was a major part in the organization above. Lemieux was owner player. Yeah, which is wild. Interesting. I like that move. <laughs> It's a ballsy that's, move. It's like, what are you going to do? You can't get cut. I, like, yeah, that's the auger move of uh, with his team. Glad, in, uh, no. Yeah. 
I'm going to sign myself to a million dollar contract, but I don't know if I'm going to honor it. All right. Uh, let's, let's move into playoff talk. Playoffs are just over a week away here. Starting to get so damn close. Now, last week we made our predictions for the Eastern Conference, but Trish was not here. So Trish needs to make his predictions. I have them written down. And Trish, we're going to go uh, gay, uh, series by series with you. Okay. And for the Columbus-Toronto series, Eric and I both picked Columbus to win the series 3-2. What do you think? I can get behind that. Toronto has a problem winning uh, any type of playoff, even if it's just a play-in round. So you're taking Columbus in five? Yeah, they always always fall apart. I'll take Columbus in six, not five. No, no, the, the max is five. Max five. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, five. No, the funniest uh, part, though, before we go to that, Tony, you on Twitter were so good. When the NHL tweeted, is this the Maple Leafs year? Oh, just retweet so it with no. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Don't worry. <laughs> Everybody right. who's scared, don't be scared. Trish, next. Uh, Pittsburgh, Montreal. I have Pittsburgh in three. Eric has Pittsburgh in four. I could see Pittsburgh in four. I could see them – scraping up a win somehow. Montreal. Like coming out there and winning the first game, catching the Penguins like off guard. And the Penguins are like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, next is Islanders, Florida. I ha- We both have Islanders in four. I have Islanders in three. I don't think Florida even gets a game. And then the next one is, is where you're going to disagree a little bit, I believe. Uh, Rangers, Hurricanes. I have the Hur- Rangers in three. Uh, Eric has the Rangers in four. See, I don't think – Rangers, I want them to win just because I like the Devils and I don't want to see the Rangers have a chance to even win. But I'm going to honestly say I think the Hurricanes are going to win that series. How many games? In five. So you have it going the distance. I think I think the goaltending just doesn't match up, and I think – Said the Rangers yeah. have a little bit of goaltending. But if you want to hear our oh, analyst of it, go back to last episode because we broke down every series in the Eastern Conference. Yep. What were we going to say, Trish? I'm just saying, like, I, I understand that the goaltending matchup is a little wonky, but Carolina is just such a good team. And they're such like a ragtag team of just bruisers. And they'll just beat you in the submission. Sure, you might win a couple games, but they're just they're going to take it overall. All right, let's go to the uh, Western Conference now. We're going to do the same thing we did last week. We're going to grade each group uh, the teams have against each other and where we see the advantages for the series. Uh, The first series we're going to go with is number eight, Calgary, versus number nine, Winnipeg. And let's take a look at the forwards group first for each of these teams. Um, I'd say this is – they're not too far apart from each other when it comes to forwards. What would you say? I think it's pretty damn even. Pretty close, at least. Yeah, I, I agree with Eric there. It's 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 a very similar matchup with forwards. I think, if anything, Winnipeg has the advantage on defense. Uh, well, forwards, I would say it's close because you got your stars on each side. Line yeah. A for Winnipeg, Gaudreau for Calgary, Kachuk for Calgary, Kyle Connor for Winnipeg. I, it, it's going to be close. On defense, I think there's a – both these teams are not great defensively. Uh, Ford's group, I'm going to give a little bit of an edge to uh, Winnipeg. I think they have a, be, have a better time scoring goals. They could do it a little bit more quicker 
than uh, than Calgary can. Defensive side, that's been a, a noticeable weak spot for Winnipeg the whole year. You know, he had Buffalo not play this year. They lost. They traded Jacob Trouba in the offseason, lost Tyler Myers. But they've slapped together a defensive group the whole season and have really stayed competitive in doing so. Yeah. But uh, you need that kind of experience in the playoffs. And I want to give the edge to Calgary on the defensive side. What do you think, Eric? I'm giving the edge to Calgary, too. I can't not pick the team with the defending Norris Trophy winner. Yeah, Marchi Ardano. I'm giving it to Calgary. I think Calgary's the better team defensively. But goaltending, I think, is just the biggest jump. Trish, what do you think defensively? I don't know. I've, I've seen Winnipeg, like, really shit the bed at some points this season. Uh, a la the first game of the – their the first game of the season for them when they were down, what was it, 4-1 at one point, and then they came back. But uh, I, I guess I could go with you guys and go Calgary a little stronger. Than, I don't think either side has, like, a stellar defense, though. No, there's definitely definitely weaknesses on both sides. Goaltending, on the other hand, uh, the gap is is pretty large, I believe. Yeah. Connor Hellebuck is a Vesna Trophy finalist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's got a damn good chance to win it, too. Yeah, and in Calgary, it's Big Save Dave and uh, Cam Talbot. Now, I, I, I'm of the belief that Dave Riddich is, is the better of the two goaltenders, but... Right now, Dave Riddich is, in my opinion, the better of the two. Yeah, but it still doesn't match up to what Connor Halibut's been doing in Winnipeg. And a lot of defensive struggles that Winnipeg might have had this year could be masked by such a good goaltender like Connor Halibut. Worth uh, noting yeah. also, Riddich didn't start in the playoffs last year for Calgary. Mike yeah. Smith. Yeah, but I'm going to give the very large advantage to the Winnipeg Jets here. I am too, 100%. Trish? Yeah, I think Winnipeg's got it. <clears throat> well, now, now we got to pick the series. Uh, I, I'm taking uh, I'm taking the Jets in four. Uh, I think they win 3-1. Eric, you say Jets in five? Jets in five. I think, I think it's going to be a really close series. I think you're going to see a lot of overtime in this which is always fun. But I'm, I'm going to say Winnipeg. There's five. the potential, too, for some very high-scoring games if there's some defensive breakdowns. Yeah. I think either of these teams are going to really struggle if, whichever one wins in the next round. Both teams just have such a potent offense. Yeah. Trish, which, uh, which team are you taking? How many games? I think Winnipeg in three. Got the Jets sweeping them? Yeah. I, I just – Goaltending is key. It is. Yeah, goaltending, and I've just seen Winnipeg put up so many goals this year. And I just think that's really going to help them in this matchup. It might just come down to both teams are going to score. Who's going to be able to who's yeah, be able to get in front of more pucks, and it's going to be hella mm-hmm. luck over Riddich or Talbot. I can also see Calgary, let's say, losing the first two games and switching from Riddich to Talbot or the other way around. Uh, the next series yeah, we look at – oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's not – I don't think it's going to matter. I think Winnipeg has got this one. The next series we look at is 5-12, Edmonton-Chicago. The series in the Western Conference that is bringing about the most noise because a lot of people believe this tournament was created, this bracket was created 
just so teams like Montreal and Chicago could get in the bigger markets with the still have some superstardom there. And uh, Edmonton, a team that was looking good early in the season, led the Pacific Division for a good amount of the year, was always one of those top three teams. And <laughs> just the short end of the sixth there in the Pacific. Stuck as the five seed in the Western Conference. And Chicago's always got a shot as long as Taves and Kane are out there. Especially Patrick Kane, who is not having a bad year for Chicago. Um, No, he never does. Uh, We're going to rank it by position. And I'm going to start from backwards to forwards. I'm going to start with goaltending. Is Corey Crawford playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. He's missed a, if not who is, is the other question. Yeah, if not, does it come down to uh, Malcolm Subban? Oof. That's who they have with their goaltender? Yeah, they got more. Uh, let, me, he, let me find the Blackhawks roster. Yeah. When did he leave uh, Vegas? He, he was part of the Robin Leonard trade. Oh, okay. Robin um, Leonard. Yeah, they they. they because they didn't think they'd be able to resign him. So they traded him to Vegas. For, and, and they thought they were out of it, too. Yeah. So you're, they're ca- carrying uh, five goaltenders. It's Corey Crawford, Colin Delia, who actually might get the nod over Malcolm Subban. Kevin Lankinen, Malcolm Subban, and Matt Tompkins. It's not a very strong defensive group, even with Corey Crawford in the mix there. Where's Scott Foster mm-hmm. when you need him? Uh, somebody's wearing his number. Somebody's wearing his 90. What is the emergency goaltender situation in the bubble? Oh, that's a good like question. Like a hotel receptionist, BV. Yeah, that's, that's just what I want to know. The Blackhawks, as of two days ago, are very quote hopeful that Crawford will travel with the team to Edmonton. So that's not a sure thing. They're two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender. See, but you still can't count out Chicago. I feel like. Let's rank. Let's 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 grade the goaltending here. Uh, so it's a perhaps possibly injured Corey Crawford. We don't know yet. Against the goaltending tandem of Miko Koskinen, Peter Shirelli's last move, his dying move as Edmonton GM was signing Koskinen <laughs> to that extension, and uh, goaltender Mike Smith, who they acquired in the offseason. So I, I'm just looking something up for goalies. Um, Anti Niemi is still a free agent if desperate times come to desperate measures. Mm. It doesn't get much more desperate than that. He's won a cup with them. I understand what he's done, but that cup was a decade ago. Keith Kincaid's not even on the Canadians roster. So is he a free agent? They could carry as many goalies as they want. They didn't carry Keith Kincaid. Oof. Yeah. I'm going to give the edge in goaltending – to Edmonton. Yeah, but it's, a, it's such great. a toss-up. It's such a toss-up when it comes it's to the net. I'll say this. For me, it's dependent on if Crawford plays. If he does, Chicago. Doesn't if sound like he's going to be 100% Edmonton. anyway here. Yeah, but he's – I'm still taking Corey Crawford at 90% over Miko Koskinen at 100. That's fair. That's completely fair. What about you, Trish? Which way are you, are you grading? Uh, you going leading Chicago? It, yeah, I really am. Neither side is great, but 
just I'll put it this Edmonton's way. goaltending is definitely their big black hole. I'll put it this way. If Malcolm Subban skates out there, there's, uh, it's over. It is over. <laughs> They're not stopping Leon Dreisaitl and, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. That's not happening. Yeah. Uh, the defensive groups, neither team has a stellar defensive group, but the Chicago Blackhawks are reminded of the old days of Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, hoping they can perhaps spark a little bit of that magic. Uh, and the defensive group for Edmonton has been lackluster the whole season. <laughs> That's the nice way to say it. Can I take neither defensive group? Is no, you got to pick one. Oh, I'm literally looking at Chicago's roster now, trying to see if it's worth even picking them. I'm going to go with Chicago just because of the experience of Duncan Keith and Brett Seabrook. I'm thinking yeah. that too. And, and that's the only thing. It's not their ability. It's literally just their experience in a series. And they have the playoff experience. Yeah. Oh, Boquist made the roster, huh, for the Blackhawks? Yeah, Adam Boquist. Their defensive oh, stud. You know what? Yeah, give me Chicago. Yeah. Tristan's where are you going. Really just letting me down for defense. What else is yeah, there? They've been letting people down since the Gretzky year. <laughs> Since after the Gretzky era, come on. Yeah. While Gretzky was there, he was God. Are you taking uh, Chicago as well? There, Trish, on the defensive side. Yeah, I think I have to take Chicago. There's really nothing interesting on uh, Edmonton. Now the forwards group is where things gets a little more fun, because you have the most dynamic duo in hockey, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Uh, matching up against perhaps the most dynamic duo in hockey from seven years ago in Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Yep. So, <sighs> I can even go on a limb and say three. Three? Five. 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 Okay, we'll go five. But they were really at their height like seven years ago. Like, yeah, eh, five. Yeah. yeah, 15, yeah. When they won the cup? Yeah. Yeah, but both – I, I – can't see a way I grade Chicago higher than Edmonton because no. I, I believe Connor McDavid is the best forward in the NHL and Leon Dreisaitl is a heart candidate for God's sakes, you know? Yeah, but go past just the top two. I think Edmonton's more loaded than Chicago is. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, James Neal, who hasn't had a bad year for them. They have goal scorers everywhere. Though. What was that, Eric? James Neal's in a huge goal drought, though. He always seems like he's in a huge goal drought, except for the times he scores like five goals in like three games somehow. <laughs> it's either five goals in three games for him or goal drought. There's no in between. Now, the wild card for me for Edmonton for the forward group is Athanasiu. Oh, right. They have him. I don't know if he's going to be top six or bottom six. We haven't really heard yet. They also acquired Tyler Ennis. Yeah, and Mike Green said he's not going to be playing. For yeah, Mike Green opted out, which sucks for them because they really they got Ennis for nothing. By the yeah. way, so I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Edmonton. I'm going with Edmonton. I'm going with Edmonton too. They just have so many more weapons. Chicago's got Kane and Taze, and in my mind, that's pretty much it. At least um, Edmonton has a little bit of depth of scoring. I'm taking the Oilers in four. Uh, I just think that having McDavid and Dreisaitl play on the same line is overpowering. And even if they want to split them up, you know, because they can, 
that's yeah. just as overpowering in my eyes. So I'm taking the Oilers in four, but I, I do think Chicago will snag one and make it interesting. Uh, Eric? I think it's going to be the Oilers in four. I know when we just did the overview about a month and a half or so ago, we said Chicago, but now looking at each position and seeing the yeah. injuries and the opt-outs and everything, I'm going to go Edmonton in four. Okay. Uh, I agree Trish? with both of you. Can I make uh, two predictions at the moment? Go ahead. All right. Now, whoever is the loser of this series is going to get the first overall. Mm. Because that would just be the best thing in the world for the NHL. So you're saying the Oilers in four. and So Chicago is going to win the first overall. Loser gets Lafreniere. Yeah. Because it, just think about it. Think about how perfect that would be. You have Edmonton getting that young juvenile. Not, not perfect for the league. Perfect for those two teams in the NHL. Not perfect for everybody else looking from the outside. No, okay. yeah, but I'm saying the NHL in general is going to love that, like love that narrative. Or you have Patrick Kane passing the torch to this young kid that's going to rejuvenate hockey in Chicago. Chicago also has Kirby with- Doc, who is a tank. Yeah, who's going to be a great player in this league. He's not there yet. He's not ready to put a team on his back and carry them. But he's going to be no, a very good player in this league. Give it a couple you know, of years. would make that yep. a lot easier. Alexis, Alexis Lafreniere. Lafreniere. <laughs> he would make a lot of things a lot easier for a lot of teams. Don't worry. Yeah. I think Lafreniere is going to the loser of another team that we'll talk Ooh. about later on. Okay. okay. Loser of another series. Uh, the next series we look at, let me just pull up the bracket. In the West, uh, we'll do 7-10. We'll do uh, Vancouver, Minnesota. And two teams that border around average throughout, if you look at the season as a whole, but both teams did have their moments in looking like a very good hockey team. Um, let's break it down by positions. Go by forwards first. And Elias Pedersen, Bo Horvat. Brock Besser, Louis Erickson. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm no. hard-pressed to say that Vancouver doesn't have the better forward group because they do. Um, quick oh, aside, yeah. how the hell is Minnesota here? That's a good question. How are I they don't here? know. I have no That's idea. That's a very good question. They, they should they, be here. Their whole franchise is just mediocrity, and they're here. I – but I, I, I think the advantage is clear-cut Vancouver. Yeah. That should be our trivia question this week. Who led the Wild in scoring this year? <laughs> That's – I know it because we did that thing a few nights ago. Yeah. But it, it's so sad. So, I'm saying Vancouver for Fords. You saying Van, for Vancouver for Fords, Eric? I am absolutely 100% saying Vancouver for Fords. Chris? Yeah, there's not a question in my mind. All right, let's look at the other side. Let's look at the defense. And uh, I, I – I, I, I have two words for you. Quinn Hughes. Need I say more? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, if you, if you don't give it to Vancouver, you're just stupid. Minnesota, uh, Minnesota doesn't have a player on their blue line that as dynamic from the defensive position as Quinn Hughes. Depth, depth is a very – is a thing that leans way more to Minnesota. But <coughs> it's depth, and it's good depth. But it's when you go top six team. against top six, I think Vancouver is the better team. It's 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 a toss up for me for defense. It really is. Um, 
man, I remember a couple years ago when people were saying Minnesota one of the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. It had to be after giving Suter that contract. I'm saying Vancouver. Eric? You know what? Screw it. I think Minnesota's a better defense. Okay. You know, it's besides, close. besides Hughes and maybe Edler, the defense is kind of uninspiring. I would Marsh. a couple guys over over um, the guys the back end in Vancouver. Uh, Trish? I like Vancouver. Goaltending. Jacob Markstrom has put the Vancouver Canucks on his back and basically drag them to the playoffs. Basically. They would not be here if it was not for the play of Jacob Markstrom. And he was hurt in February, and they went in and acquired depth in Louis Domingue, and Thatcher Demko walked in. Can you call Louis Domingue depth? He's depth. <laughs> That's all he is. It's another <laughs> name on the depth chart. That's really it. Um, and Devin Dubnik <laughs> is a goalie who, I'm just going to be honest, looks like his best years are behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marshall, you going with Vancouver, Eric? I am going with Vancouver for goal. So am I. Trish? I'm going to go Vancouver. Now, with all that being said, with six different grades given here, five out of the six went toward Vancouver. Minnesota has a way of just pulling out shit like this. I think back to that Nino Niederreiter overtime goal in the playoffs from a few years ago that won them the series against Colorado. They just have a way of hanging around to the point where they advance or get to the playoffs, which they really shouldn't. Now, yeah, but I know what I just said, and I'm going to pick Vancouver, but I know I, there's a part of me that knows Minnesota's going to win this series. I'm going to say Vancouver in, in four. I'm saying Vancouver in four, too. That's my exact. I'm saying point. Vancouver in three. I, I I just Minnesota doesn't deserve to be there. They don't belong there. They're not good enough to be there. I don't think Vancouver is going to make it very far in the first round. But I, I don't. Think I don't think Vancouver's there yet to compete with a team like a uh, a Golden Knights or a Dallas. I I don't think they're there yet. I don't yeah. think they're there for Colorado. They're definitely not there for Colorado. We, yeah, don't, we don't know anything about the seeding in the next round yet because the round robin games. Yep. Um, the last uh, series here in the Western Conference is the six versus eleven Nashville versus Arizona. The Coyotes, who were a team that in December when they went out and traded for Taylor Hall, they were first in the Pacific Division, and it's basically been downhill since for them. Uh, they struggled to float around in the wild card race, diving below the line a little bit. Now here we are when the season ended or paused. Uh, they were below the wild card line. So here there was the 11 seed playing the six seed Nashville who changed coaches earlier in the year, uh, fired head coach Peter Laviolette in favor of John Hines, who was let go from New Jersey in early or late November. And this is Coyote's audition to keep Taylor Hall. If you lose this yep. series, there's no way you keep him around. Rumor that went out earlier this week that the new CEO of uh, the Arizona Coyotes went out to dinner with Taylor Hall, and the rumor was what seven and a half mil, Eric? Was that it? Yeah, it's seven yeah. and a half mil. That's that's insulting. Yeah, get a load of those idiots. <laughs> it's just terrible. Like I know Hall's <laughs> not. Is it insulting though? 
Um, yeah, realistically, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Taylor Hall, he does have a heart way- trophy. No, yeah, okay, great. You know why he has a heart trophy? Because one season he dragged the Devils to a playoffs, kicking and screaming. But other than that, what has he done? Um, I also wonder how much the term was. I have a feeling it was longer. Yeah, I, th- I think it was eight years at seven and a half. That's what the rumor is that Hall will chase a, a cup, take a short bridge deal and chase somewhere like a Colorado, and then go for the money afterwards, which is a smart decision coming off a season where it's shortened by the coronavirus. There is a little uncertainty when it comes to how much money teams are going to have. So if there ever is a time to chase and kick the money a little bit further down the line, it is now. Or Taylor Hall might realize his best season was his Hart Trophy season. It's not going to get better than that. And he's only two years removed from that. I need mm-hmm. to sign the big contract now because anything kicking it further down the line will only hurt me in value. Because, uh, I mean, you look at him. He is the perfect trade bait in my mind. Because he's always that guy that a team is looking at him. Jersey did it and then Arizona did it. We're one piece away. We need one thing. Taylor Hall is that guy. And then a team is willing to give up, in the Devils' case, one defenseman (laughs) somehow. But in Arizona's case, a couple picks and a couple prospects for a guy that's really not that good. He got there, and the team just immediately went downhill. Now I don't think he's worth all that. But he does make that forward group in Arizona stronger than what it was before. So let's go – Grades, position by position. Let's put uh, Nashville against Arizona here. When it comes to the Ford group, who are we giving the edge to? Because I think this is pretty close. It is close. I'm going with the Ford group that has more experience. And to me, I can't believe I'm saying this, but to me, that's Arizona. Kessel in the playoffs is a different animal. He really is. And he has a history against Nashville. He had that one Stanley Cup against Nashville, and he was a house of fire. Yeah. And Hall, even though he doesn't have a great amount of experience, he still has been there, and he's not that far removed from it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give the advantage because it's close with forwards for me. I want to take a look at Nashville's forwards real quick because I do like – Ryan Johansson. Uh, if Duchesne steps up, though, it's yeah, a whole Yeah, I like Duchesne, too. They still have Kyle Turris, right? Yes, they yeah. do. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Nashville, but it's really close. Like, they, they just got a little bit more depth to in my mind than Arizona might. Even though they, I, I like some of the pieces in Arizona. You know, I, like, I, I love Clayton Keller. Uh, just, I'm going to stick with Nashville. Uh, Trish? Before I start my grading, I just want to make one thing very clear. The players on Nashville can be as good as they want. With who is at the helm of that team, I don't see them winning this series. So I'm going to give this to Nashville as well. I think they have a better offensive core. But I don't – I think, honestly, Nashville has it in a lot of categories here. But I don't think 
uh, I don't think they're going to win this series just because of John Hines at the helm. Let's look at defense now. Uh, and really, in Nashville, you got Roman Yossi, who's having a Norris Trophy type season. You got Ryan Ellis, who's always solid. But after that, it gets a little bit iffy. Yannick Weber isn't bad. Dan Hamus isn't bad. Ekholm isn't bad. And you got uh, Alexander Carrier, Jeremy Davies, uh, Dante Fabro, Ben Harper, Cor- <laughs> Corbin and Holzer, Steven Santini, Jared T- and Jared Sonority. Roman Yossi just carries so much weight. Like, so much. I don't think it's just Yossi, though. I think it's really Ekholm, Yossi. I love Ryan Ellis, too. Ellis. I I couldn't think of his name off the top of my head. Those three combined are the ones that carry the weight. But it is far better than what Arizona has for defense. Yeah. But you you can't put four defensemen after the whole game. Can't. But you can play the majority of that game. I can't find Arizona's phase three roster. Uh, I know their defense is anchored by Oliver Eckman Larson, but it's like, who else would? I know Alex Goligoski, Jacob Chikrin, Jason Demers. I got it. I got it. I found it. Jalmerson, Chikrin, Eckman Larson, Demers, Goligoski, Ness, Labushkin, Soderstrom, uh, Cabo Bianco, Gross, and Osterley. Jordan Osterley's not that good. That I entire give- defense really is not that good. No, and Nashville's got the experience on it, too. I'm going to go with Nashville as the better defensive unit here. Eric? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know if it was clear or not, but I said Nashville. Trish? Yeah, I agree with you guys. Nashville's definitely got defense locked up. Now, goaltending a few years ago, I think would have been Nashville easy because Pecorine was such a force. Uh, but too good at the time. Auntie Ronta and Darcy Kempner have been so good this year for that team. Arizona. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Arizona as the advantage for goaltending. I'm gonna uh, go with Arizona too. Pecorino's been shaky this year, but UC Soros is a good goaltender behind him. The thing is the goaltenders in Arizona they have to stay healthy. Yeah, that's a huge thing. That's the biggest Because Ranta thing. and Kempner both did face injuries this year. Uh so yeah, that's... Uh, yeah Arizona. I think I'm going to give it to Nashville. Pecorino? Yeah, just because he's got experience. He, he, he's very – he knows what he's doing. And it's not that Pecorino is like a bad goaltender. It's just not what he was before. No. But, you know, even if you're not what you were, it, it's all, it all comes down to experience. We've seen goaltenders do very well in the regular season and then get to any kind of playoff or – uh, anything like that and just fall apart because they're not ready for it, ready for the different atmosphere, ready for the different experience. So I think him having been there and know, knowing what to expect is going to be very important. All right. Well, we got to make our predictions here for this series. I'm taking the Predators in five. Eric? I am taking the Predators in four, and I think Arizona is the team that wins the draft lottery. And gets ah, the there it is. And who knows what's going to happen with that because they still are facing punishment from the NHL for their whole scandal regarding – Which we don't know what that is. No, we do not. 
Uh, Trish, be. what are you taking? I, Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona in five. Coyotes in five. And I, I said at the beginning of this, I give Nashville a lot of credit with the players they have and all that. But I've seen John Hines just absolutely shit the blood, shit the bed in the playoffs before, and I don't – I haven't seen him do it. In all fairness to John Hines, he played against an, just a stacked Tampa team. Yeah. Oh, team. yeah. And he had nothing. Yeah, no. no, I can, I completely agree with that. But Devils I, had no chance. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm not the but biggest Hines, Hines fan either. Is just not, I just don't see him – I don't think he can consistently put the right players where they need to be the whole game because he likes to change up the roster a lot and move guys around and change up lines and all that. It just, it just doesn't work for the playoffs. All I'm saying is Crosby and Malkin carry Dan Bilesma to a Stanley Cup. That's Anything true. That's fair. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Touch Rising. Hope you enjoyed it. Broke down the Western Conference. If you missed the Eastern Conference, it is last week's episode. Eric has – we're going to go with that Minnesota Wild batch of trivia. Who led the Minnesota Wild in points this season? Because guess what? It's not who you think. It is not who you think it is. Also, everybody forgets they have Matt Zuccarello. It also is not Matt Zuccarello. <laughs> uh, so we're going to see you next week. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. I, I, we're going to be in the Poconos, me and Trish, but I'm still going to at least do an episode while up there. Uh, we'll figure out something to talk about. Hockey will be very, very shortly away at that point, and there are going to be some exhibition games that day. So We can do like lists or something. Yeah. yeah, we'll find something to talk about. It's not going to be a problem. So we'll see you back next week for an episode of Touch Ice.